0: Better Red Edwin Watts Golf. Episode 115 Hello everyone, my name is Tom Purcell. Thanks so much for joining us. If you're a rookie listener or you're a regular subscriber via iTunes or on our website, either way, We're glad you're with us. And this has been a great year with a lineup of guests that we've had, if you've been listening to us. If you haven't, go back and take a look, all the way from Gary Player, Ken Venturi, Dave Pels, last week Cindy Davis, president of Nike Golf. And we're following it up with another great one. She's a LPGA veteran. It's hard to believe to say the word veteran. She's had three professional wins. Who else? A fan favorite, Natalie Gulbus. Natalie, thanks so much for taking time with us today. It's great having you.
1: It's great to be on, and um, it does have an interesting sound to
0: it, the word veteran, doesn't it? Yeah, wily veteran. It seems like it was just yesterday you started, but before you went on tour, and obviously a long, long time ago, so many kids fall in love with the game at an early age. I don't think you were an exception. Can you tell us about those early beginnings and, and how you fell in love with the game?
1: Sure. My, At about four or five, my dad was actively playing golf and going to the golf course every day, and I just used to love to spend time with my dad, so instead of, you know, after I would go to school and all throughout high school, even instead of going back home or going to a babysitter, I would always go to the golf course with my father, and he loved the game of golf, and I loved to be with my dad, and so naturally, I started playing and practicing, and I started to play in tournaments, and then there was a shift where I was playing in tournaments, and he wasn't playing as much, and we were traveling, and it just, Continue to to grow into what I get to enjoy today.
0: Yeah, it's something you never really put down and walked away from, right? You just stuck with it all, all the way through.
1: Yes, I played. I mean, I played a lot of sports, and I, I loved to play golf, and I loved to just do whatever my dad was doing. And fortunately, he was on the golf course six days a week and spent countless hours on the driving range and playing golf with his friends. And I was always out there with him.
0: And just a couple of weeks ago, Lexi Thompson won her first win at age sixteen. You played in your first tour event at age fourteen.
1: I did, and what was cool about uh, Lexi's win, I mean, not only from the standpoint of her being 16 and and being so great for the game of golf and just a really sweet girl and talented, but her dad caddied for her, and that was one of the cool things is them watching them walk up on 18 and enjoying that moment with her dad, somebody that had been, you know, a big support system for her and a big... Uh, part of her golf success, and just what a cool moment to uh, to be with your daughter when she wins her first LPGA at 16 years old.
0: When you were 14 and playing in your first event, you didn't even have a learner's permit, much less a driver's license. Talk about what you remember about that week, because that obviously had to be real special, and where was it?
1: It was in my hometown, Sacramento, and I remember everything about it. It was my first exposure to these players that I had looked up to, and to play in front of the fans, and to be part of it was just that glimpse of being part of what it would be like to be a professional signing autographs and playing at home and I, mean, I remember every bit of those couple of days
0: Well, You went from there to playing high school golf. Did you play on the boys team in high school?
1: I did play on the boys team in high school
0: How'd that work out?
1: And it was fantastic. For me it was great because I got to play from the back piece and that was a similar distance to what I now see out on tour and so I was you know, I was challenged as a, a freshman in high school to not just be playing from the women's seats, but to have to compete on a longer golf course and against players that were much better than me. And boys were so much more competitive. So it was it was good for me to be in that environment for my time when I was in high school.
0: From high school you went on to a University of Arizona and a pretty strong team. You guys won it all in two thousand, correct?
1: We, uh, we had a real strong team. Uh, Lorena Ochoa, who is now retired, but was our number one player when she retired. Her and I were both freshmen together and recruited at the same time. And we were both freshmen at the University of Arizona and really pushed ourselves. Um, I turned pro after my first year, and then she joined me the next year out on the LPGA. So it, it she was a big part of of my college transition to tour golf because we really she was my practice buddy, and you know we both enjoyed a lot of success in college. And, then we're out playing on tour together.
0: I was just going to ask you, it's been 10 years now. You came out in 2001 on tour. What were some of the, the big hurdles and, and some of the things that helped you? And obviously Lorena was one to be there with you, right?
1: Lorena absolutely was. Um, in college especially, we, we practiced together every day. And, um, you know, we would drive to workouts at 6 o'clock in the morning and go to school and then go to practice. And we had to go to study hall. And then we would go back there with the night range in Tucson and as soon as we get done with study hall, at like 8 o'clock, we'd go back out to the driving range, and we'd practice together on weekends, and you don't really think about it at that time, because we just were trying to get better, and we would go back and forth between number one and number two in the rankings, and we'd push each other, and yeah, as I look back now, that was a really big, big part of it, and then when I started on tour, I had a lot of American players that really looked after me, and I think that helped with my transition into um, professional golf.
0: Well, you've had three professional wins. Obviously, those are highlights, but I think 2005, that was a great year for you. Top ten in four consecutive majors. Is that one of the years that stands out?
1: For sure. Um, it's, it's one thing to win tournaments, but even more to be in contention and to have chances to win in big events and Throughout those couple of years that you had mentioned, it seemed like I was in contention almost every week, and I was playing really good golf and was finishing in the top ten every week, and that's what really makes golf fun. I mean, some weeks you win, some weeks you don't, but just being in the mix all the time was, was really exciting.
0: I guess the hard thing is when you have it going like that, and then it goes away, and then you're trying to find it again, right?
1: Yeah, which is right now. It's, um, it's very challenging. It's much more fun when you have it going. And you're just kind of riding the wave of, of how you're hitting it. It's much harder when you're looking at every aspect of your game in life, trying to figure out how you get back to that.
0: It's funny, just a couple of weeks ago we had Lee Trevino on, and he was—he told us, he says, Tom, I'm in my shop. I'm 72 years old. I'm putting on some new grips trying to get a new feel because I'm 72 years old and I'm still trying to find it. <laughs> so,
1: Uh-oh. I got that going for me. <laughs> Many years to come.
0: Between seasons, like you kind of pretty much wrap it down now for 2011, you just started up early next year. What do you see yourself working on between now and then? Sometimes it's, it's some swing changes, sometimes it's some mental side of the game or, or some physical side. Talk about what you're going to do between now and when you tee it up to start the next year.
1: we actually still have a lot of tournaments. Um, We get ready for our Asia Swing, which we have four events in Asia, which are all big events for us, Malaysia, Korea, Japan, Taiwan. Uh, We have the Wendy's Street Tour Challenge, which is actually home in uh, Vegas. Then we have our tournament champions and then our tour championship. So this is the meat of our season again. The majors are always big, but this is a big part of our season. So we don't actually uh, get a break until – or get our off-season starting until right around Thanksgiving. And so after Thanksgiving is when I will evaluate the year and look at what I'm going to do in the off-season and, and uh, just continue to get better. I think that's how golf is. You look at the year, the stats don't lie, and you just try to figure out which areas you need to work on and get ready for the next season.
0: Natalie Gulbus joining us. and Natalie, we talked about when you were younger. Talk a little bit about the game now. On the on the girls' side with Title Nine, there's so many opportunities for girls. If you fall in love with the game and get good at it, I guess there's a lot of opportunities. You can get a, a good education out there and play competitively, for in those in those formidable years, right?
1: There is absolutely. Title Nine has been great for the game of of women's golf because it's allowed for more scholarships to open up and, and more opportunities for uh, girls motivated to get better with their golf games and and play in college. But just the overall popularity of the LPGA has really helped. We see players younger and younger out there in the galleries, out on tour, um, more girls all over the world that are excited to, uh, to play the game of golf. I mean, we just had a 16-year-old win an LPGA event. If that doesn't show the popularity of women's golf in the last 10 years and how players just can't wait to, uh, to get out there and play.
0: It has to be a battery charge for the game, Lexi winning that and getting people interested.
1: Absolutely it is. Um, I think there's a lot of teenagers going, wow, really? You know, she's winning a, a professional event at 16 or at 18 or at, at 21, and, um, you know, women's golf is, is definitely a cool sport to, to be part of, and um, girls take notice of that, and their parents take notice of that.
0: You know, Sydney Davis was on with us last episode from Nike Golf, the president, and she said that youth and women are kind of the low-hanging fruit that we, we've we got to continue to bring in, and we have to make it a little more fun, a little more easier for her, like a bunny slope in skiing or something like that, and you, do you agree with that? That we need to be able to attract people and make them a little more interesting and fun, and easier to get uh, easier to get better at quickly.
1: For sure, I think you always need to work on that. Um, one of the, the great things about golf now is just all the programs that are out there for juniors, and you know all the major tours are, are putting more more time and attention into junior golf, whether it be the first tee or just in their local communities or the AJGA. You know, there's a lot of places now for junior players to play, and just the popularity of golf is now, you know, showing parents that it can be affordable for kids. I mean, golf has always been a game where people don't realize that you can, you don't have to be rich to play it, and that you can go out and enjoy it and play it, and it's not a intimidating. So, the more that we can get that information out to people, I think we can we can get more people involved in golf.
0: Well, speaking of making the game easier, the company that brought you here, Sky Golf and Sky Caddy, the GPS systems, has certainly done a lot of that. Talk about your relationship with them, and and because obviously it's it's a great one and what they've brought to the game.
1: Well, Sky Caddy has been a really fun uh, partner of mine. Peter Jacobson actually got me involved with the company when we shot our first infomercial probably four or five years ago, and what they've done um, to make the golf game. And when you go out and play easier and more fun, is it's really been tremendous to be part of something like this because when you go out, you can spend so many frustrating minutes looking for a yardage or hitting a good shot, ending up in the bunker. They've really made it easier. I mean, you've got the yardages and you've got the information really at the palm of your hand wherever you go where you don't need a tour caddy, which I'm now blessed to to have, you have that information out there. So if you spray it a little bit off the tee and you're in a parallel fairway, you know exactly how far it is to the green. And, I mean, I'm a player that I like to play a whole bunch of golf courses. And what's great about the Sky Caddy is I can just pull it out and have all the information I need to enjoy the golf course and not feel like I wish, gosh, if I only knew where to hit this one or if I just would have known that I needed to clear that bunker. It just makes the game of golf more fun. And I think players are playing better um, amateur players are playing better and just speeding up the game of golf, which makes it more like a sport. So it has, has a lot of benefits, and um, it's, just a, it's just really easy to use.
0: And not always from just long distances, but from wedge in, you know, 100 yards in, that's probably when it's used the least, when probably it can really be utilized.
1: Yeah, it's amazing. Um, you know, when I have my caddy out in pro-ams or I'm out playing with my friends, and they'll ask me how far it is, and you always kind of ask them jokingly, like, how far do you think it is? And people... Generally, we all don't have any perception of how far something is. You know, something that we think is 50 yards is actually 85, and um, it's automatic to just grab that wedge like you just alluded to and and think that you can just hit a 50-yard shot when it's really 80 yards to the pin, and and the Sky Caddy allows you to do that without having to go into your bag and get your laser or go try to find a sprinkler or walk it off. You know, you have this instant number where you have a good idea of how far you need to hit it.
0: Well, the good friends at Sky Caddy are going to have one of those for us to give away. One of the things we like to do, Natalie, is give something away almost every episode. I hope you'll help me here.
1: Okay, great.
0: Yeah, the last episode we had with uh, Cindy Davis, we've got a couple dozen Nike 20XI golf balls. Great balls to give away to a lucky listener. We had a few hundred entries in the in the system, and I'm going to let you announce the winner.
1: And the winner is Dee Pearson of Middleton,
0: Ohio. Congratulations, Dee. That's awesome. Thank you. Couple dozen balls and get Natalie Golbus to announce your name on the podcast. Natalie, closing thoughts for our listeners as we uh, as we wrap up?
1: Just want to thank everybody for being a, a fan and supporting the LPG and supporting your show and just hope to see them out at the a tournament
0: sometime. Thanks so much. We'll be following you the rest of the year and through next year. And uh, it's been great spending time with you. Hopefully we can do it again. Great. Thanks for having me on. Thanks, Natalie. And congratulations again to G Pearson of Middletown, Ohio, for winning the uh, Nike 20XI golf balls. And just as a reminder, if you don't know where to register, just go to our homepage, edwinwattsgolf.com. Scroll down about halfway, and you'll see a little icon for the Golf Better podcast. Click on it, scroll down about halfway again, and you'll see a register to win button. Click on that button, fill out the necessary information, and you'll be registered to win the Sky Caddy from Sky Golf that uh, we'll be giving away shortly. Thanks again to Natalie Gulbus for joining us. To you, our listeners, for listening in faithfully. And we'll do it again next time when we have another episode of Golf Better at edwinwattsgolf.com. So long, everyone.